Finally. <laughs> it feels like we've been uh, trying to get to this point for well, over a month now, maybe even more. But yes, indeed, you are listening to a for real official episode of Elwood City Limits, the episodic Arthur podcast. We, I mean, of course, we haven't been doing nothing this whole time, but you know, I wanted to make sure that everybody knows that, yes, we are still, in fact, talking about Arthur, and we will be doing a lot of talking about Arthur today. Uh, we've got a lot of lot of time to make up for. Uh, will Young here, and of course, uh, couldn't do this without uh, my co-host, Lucas Mancini. It feels good to be back, Will. Doesn't matter, nor rain, nor snow, Hurricane Ida, none of these things are going to stop us from talking about the big A. That's right, it's Arthur. We're back. Maybe knock on wood with that Hurricane Ida thing. Thankfully, That's uh, everything, everything seems okay right now, but, you know, it's after true. the day uh, I've had... <laughs> I really don't. I really don't want to. I really don't want to push things. Just it's, like it's true. I, I probably shouldn't incur the wrath of uh, the weather gods. My power did flicker about three hours ago, and the wind is still oh blowing. Oh God! Uh, and given how um, I don't know how much our listeners know about the way uh, the power grid set up in Nova Scotia, but sometimes <laughs> it goes out with a light rain. So, uh, given that we're, we kind of have torrential conditions right now. Um, we're hoping between me, Will, Mike, the ghosts, and the computer, um, to keep the weather under control so we can record. This recording might sound a little bit different than it normally does. Uh, suffice to say, uh, it's been an up and down day. Uh, had to, had to bring in the computer, my trusty laptop, which I normally record from, uh, into the shop and we'll have to see how much that's going to cost me. So thankfully my, uh, my work laptop is, uh, pinch hitting this time. I was able to get audacity onto it, record on the same microphone. It might sound a little different here and there. So please bear with us. Hopefully, uh, we'll be back to working condition next week. But of course, the main thing we want to start this episode off with is something that we've been putting off talking about because we wanted to save it for when we would have, the uh, the time the time to talk about it. Uh, we're not doing we're not doing emails this week. In case you uh, didn't didn't see last week, we did a bit of an email smorgasbord on the main feed. ElwoodCityLimits at gmail Anytime if you'd like to send us correspondence. But the main thing I wanted to lead off today before anything else. Well, it's been the talk of fans of Arthur, people who forgot Arthur existed, and basically everybody who seems to have two cents on what PBS is doing these days. I believe it was, it actually might have been the end of July. I think it was like right after we went on quote-unquote summer hiatus when we started to do, you know, uh, pre-recorded content and stuff like that. Um, We got the news that Arthur, the cartoon, is ending production next year. It's funny because my inbox was flooded. You know, I had people in my life who I know don't listen to the podcast, but they know I have an Arthur podcast sending me this news. It was big everywhere. And maybe it's because our ears are a little bit closer to the proverbial Arthur ground. But I was under the impression that everybody knew that Arthur was kind of ending. And I guess that was all rumors and speculation up to this point. But uh, now we have the official kind of news that it's coming to an end. It's been kind of it is been kind of an open secret for a while. Yeah, uh, I remember a couple. I remember a couple of years ago hearing from such people as well. The main person that I would credit with this news is uh, Peebs, who you should be following on Twitter. They have and is one of our patrons. They have consistently 
very reliable uh, Arthur Arthur News. Uh, they really do the really do the footwork there. So Peebs was the person that I heard it from that I was like, oh, maybe this is something. But beforehand, I had heard stuff from you know a friend of the show, DJ Bob, and something like that. That's like, well, Arthur's gonna be coming to an end, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, we'll see about that. Because in a sense, Arthur is you know akin to a show like The Simpsons. It's just like, well, why would they bother ending it now? Like, why not just keep it going? I guess. But it was it the official announcement, and, and, and again, you've just yeah. answered your own question because <laughs> then it'll be like <laughs> the Simpsons. And another failing of this episode is that I don't have my original notes with me, so I apologize if I miss any details. Again, I would be leaning on somebody like Peebs for this one. But essentially, near the end of July, beginning of August, it was announced that Arthur the television series is going to be ceasing production of its television show. In late 2022, I believe it's December 2022, is when we will be getting the last episodes of Arthur as they are. Now, there has been what I would say is a bit of confusion, perhaps, or maybe misunderstanding, that I don't think has been helped by the way that this has been announced. Because uh, a fair amount of this announcement... I think got play when Finding DW had its episode with one of the, I believe it was either the one of the voice directors or the writers of Arthur. Anyway, again, listen to Finding DW, excellent podcast, friend of the show, Jason Schwimmer, had an interview with somebody who still works on the show, and they essentially announced that, yes, Arthur is going to be ending. And a lot of news outlets took this as, you know, the more catchy tagline, Arthur is canceled, which, yeah, but also more like, no, it's more to the point of, I think the language to, to focus on here is ceasing production. And it's like, they're not being, PBS, I don't believe is involved with this, or rather I should say, this isn't them being yanked off the air and being like, no, we have so many more stories to tell. It's just like, they seem to be ending the production of the television series as we know it. And then the implication being from what I from the communications from PBS, like the official PBS accounts and people who work with PBS in these articles, that Arthur will continue in some form or another to be determined or to be announced. Maybe they know exactly what they're going to be doing. But most likely, I think a lot of the content that we've seen already so like the uh youtube exclusive shorts or maybe something for the pbs kids app will probably be continuing we just won't be seeing the classic 22 minute episodes um going forward that's how i that's how i understand it it makes for a less good headline but i think it's more accurate just to say that arthur is ending canceled you know i think it's a holdover from uh, an older era era of TV, pre-prestige TV, where TV shows were written and intended to last forever, right? And and Arthur is a cartoon, and cartoons are, are more akin to, like, sitcoms, in that they're not supposed to be this tight, you know, condensed five-season story or whatever. Um, it, it's episodic. It's a different story every week. Um, and so those shows are kind of inherently designed to go forever. But we've seen, with a show like The Simpsons, which is probably the closest comparison to Arthur, and that Arthur is the longest running children's show of all time um and the simpsons is is 
um, or rather, longest-running animated children's show, rather. Sesame Street's a lot older, um, but the, but The Simpsons is is one of the, is the longest-running animated show, unless I'm mistaken. Um, and we can see that The Simpsons have kind of has kind of lost what's made it special, as the writers have changed, and the animation has changed, and tastes have changed over the course of the years. Now, with a lot of the most hardcore Simpsons fans kind of wishing the show had ended years ago, because they find the new episodes kind of uh, tarnishing the show's good name. So I think this could be seen as a positive thing. I mean, it's sad to see Arthur go, but I, I think that um, sometimes, I think back to like one of my favorite shows, Seinfeld, and Seinfeld is a great example of quitting while you're ahead. That show could have gone on for two more, three more, who knows how many more seasons, but they wanted to end on a high note. And so I, I'd rather see, I, I, I think this is a good opportunity to celebrate Arthur as opposed to lament its end. I agree with you, Lucas, and that's where my uh, opinion about Arthur ends. Now, I will say that there was a lot of reaction to this. A fair amount was like, wow, I didn't know Arthur was still on the air, which, of course, Lucas, you and I have been getting personally for the past five years of like, wow, that still <laughs> exists? Yeah. Yeah. How um, long are you going to be doing that? Are you are you almost done all those episodes? Right. Um and there were um, a fair amount of people that were genuine, that probably still are genuinely upset. As, in fact, a fair amount of our listeners, I think, were genuinely upset at this. It's, I'm not going, there's, there's no judgment here in however you feel, whether you think it's good, whether you think it's bad, whether you're sad about it or whatever. Personally, I'm fine with it. And especially because for and and this and speaking selfishly, like for our own means, as as Lucas, you said, like we we we're not even done half the series yet. We've still got <laughs> a lot more to go. We've still got a lot more to talk about. And frankly, if we put like a definite end on on this Arthur stuff to some degree, then it's going to get easier for us to kind of play catch up. Essentially, like there is almost a definite end in sight. Not that we're like you know, definitely going to meet the end. Who knows? But it is also good to know that Arthur will be of a certain time. Like, I, I that does kind of... It, it's oddly comforting in a way. Like, it means that... Yes, it means that, you know, if we, you know, whenever we decide to have kids or if we're lucky enough to have kids or whatever, the next generation won't be growing up with an Arthur. But I think it's good to leave some room for something else like Arthur or maybe potentially even better than Arthur to kind of take uh, take the reins. And Arthur will always be there. That's the thing is that we have 24, 25 seasons of this show. And no matter what era you like, you can always go back to them. So I, I don't find it particularly sad. I mean... I uh, I don't know, and and I also think that you know, this is not somebody's like livelihood. You know, it's not like Mark Brown is going to be destitute now that it's going off the air, or it's not like the people who voice the Arthur characters are going to be like hurting for work now. It's just like I think they're going to be losing a source of income, sure, but I they're all very talented. Like everybody across the board on the Arthur team is very talented. And they'll be able to find their legs if they're if things are a little uncertain right now, which I'm not even sure about. Uh, speaking of Mark Brown, I also wanted to note this was uh, uh, awesome. Eddie twenty one sent us an email which we read last week. So to further confuse things, so you know we're throwing out the words like cancellation and the end of Arthur and all this kind of thing. So Mark Brown, who is still very much involved with the Arthur character, um, and, and with the show to a certain degree. 
um, put up an original illustration on his Instagram, which he does that a lot on Instagram. He's a great follow. I would recommend that you follow him. And it was of Arthur and George sitting at a table at the Sugar Bowl. And the caption was something to the effect of, well, you know what? Instead of saying something to the effect of, why don't I just look up exactly what the caption itself is? Um, But again, it brought up the whole like cancellation thing. Thank you to the Arthur Reddit for this one. Um, the, the king not that we read it not that we frequent there very often but uh in this case so you can follow him <laughs> mark brown 333 on instagram it's arthur and george it's a fully it's a wonderful picture it's a fully colored picture where arthur is saying to george at the sugar bowl someone said i was canceled not so george so now i think that this puts in like there are you know there are people on the instagram who are just like, so does this mean the show's not canceled? Like, what's going on? So if I may play a little bit of interpretation here. Ooh, what speculation I think means, time. Specu- well, because, and again, there is no definitive answer for this. Mark Brown didn't have a caption with this. He didn't respond to anybody. He just seemed to be putting up his own feelings. I think what he's trying to say is that Arthur itself, the concept, the character, is not going anywhere even if his show is ending. So in some way, shape, or form, Arthur is going to continue on. Uh, Whether that's more books, whether that's new content to consume, maybe completely online. Maybe they even are thinking of doing another television show involving the Arthur characters or the Arthur IP. But I think he... It seemed that he took exception to the word canceled and wanted to kind of put his own spin on that. Because, of course, uh, and fortunately or unfortunately, canceled has a different kind of verbiage now. Because it, li- it did used to mean <laughs> literally just a television show or an event or something. Did, and now did, it's did, something completely different. Did you see Arthur's tweets from 2008? <laughs> you know, that's, that's what canceled exactly. means now. Yeah, precisely. And so I wonder if that's him kind of getting out in front and being like, no, Arthur's not canceled, like we would say in like stand culture or whatever but he's not going anywhere like this is not the end of arthur so that's what i took that to mean unfortunately the lack of clarification uh kind of makes us all a little bit more confused but that's been what's been going on that's been the talk of arthur we have a lot of people who are still sending us messages like did you know that arthur's ending and i'm like yeah like this is kind of my job like i know (laughs) <laughs> so it's yes, just that everybody- goes along with the territory, right? There's a podcast I love, Blink 155, and I remember um, the host lamenting that anytime there was any Blink 182 news, even now that podcast has ended, they always get it sent, even though it's like they would be the ones to already know that, right? And so that's kind of the curse me and you have had cast on us is that people will be sending us uh, Arthur headlines uh, until the end of time, but I welcome it. And I mean that is nice in its own way. I don't want to. I don't want to discourage you from people yeah. from doing that. Um, but it. Is, but we can finally say after much deliberation, it's like yes, we know this is happening, and we are more or less. We're more or less fine with it. You know, it's it's the end of an era. So no matter how you feel about it, that's fine, and we will still have plenty of Arthur content to go and to discuss, and uh, yeah. That's 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 pretty much uh, the the end of that. So sorry for keeping you waiting on that front. Um, 
Again, before we get started here, I wanted to give a little shout out because uh, Elwood City Limits hit its own milestone recently. Uh, we have over 500 Twitter followers at ECL Podcast on Twitter. And I wanted to say a big thank you to everybody. The big 500. Like, thank you. Yeah. It's just like, you know, when we first started this, I always tell, you know, I always tell the story of like nobody was listening to us. And I really thought that it was always going to be like that. But now we have over 500 people following us. And that's awesome. We also got some great uh, five-star reviews on the uh, American Apple Podcast Store. Now, I, I don't have your names in front of me because, again, I don't have my original notes. But I wanted to say thank you uh, if you did that. And we really appreciate it. And speaking of really appreciating, uh, we, we did this a bit last week. But we have even more new patrons that we uh, need to be thanking over at patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. Uh, yeah, even since last week, people have been joining up to the Patreon. You know what? It must be, it must be that Marvin the Tap Dancing Horse episode. Mm, mm, it's true. People, they're, they're desperate for that Marvin the Tap Dancing Horse. The Marvin the, the Tap Dancing Horse fandom has come out in droves, uh, to check out that, that Patreon exclusive. There's a, there's a real rich untapped vein that even we didn't realize, uh, was going to, was, was going to be so, uh beneficial to us patreon.com slash elwood city limits we have new patrons to thank such as uh anteater 21 alexandria dukes ron gonzalez anthony l williams sierra Della rosa sarah and teddy and we also want to thank our patrons who have been around for a bit longer such as greg hagai and yoshi aaron de filippo uh, Emily K, Dan, Big Challenges, Silva, uh, Ian Collis, John Griswold, and let's say Macy Ball. Thanks a lot, everybody. We really appreciate everything you've been doing for us. Patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. And uh, I'd say I'd say that's uh, that's time there. It's time to talk about an episode of Arthur. Can you believe it? The episodic Arthur podcast talking about Arthur. In fact, this one, this one almost hits a little close to home with, yeah. with like we're we're right in the middle of like the two instances that make this episode possible. This episode being the blackout. Yeah, I hope this episode isn't one of those kind of like life imitates arts kind of situation where we're talking about the blackout and then we get a blackout. Um, this, this is <sighs> it's almost too real to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. Um, so knock on wood. Um, we are talking about the blackout here, and it has to do with a blackout that is uh, caused by extreme heat, which might sound a little derivative, but I'm interested to get into this. So we start off with Dr. Jake, the weather maestro, who is talking about just how dang hot it is in Elwood City. And Lucas, we've been having some hot, hot days here in Nova Scotia as well. It's true. I, it's obviously, Elwood City, after we've talked about this ad nauseum, where's Elwood City? What state is it in? We've determined it's somewhere near the Massachusetts area, probably, or at least on the American East Coast. And it's funny because whenever um, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts from people from like New York and stuff like that and, and follow mm. a lot of people from New York on Twitter, and whenever the East Coast on the states, like specifically like the New York state area, gets hit with like bad weather, we kind of get hit with similar weather because we're close enough that the, those same weather systems usually hit us, right? So when people in New York are tweeting about, oh, it's so hot, it's crazy outside, we are usually also getting hot, crazy weather. And so similarly, um, seeing a lot of, we're not getting floods and crazy stuff like that, like they're getting down there right now. 
Um, but that's the cause of the storms today. So, um, yes, it's been very hot this summer is what it is. What that's all to say. Of course. And everybody's trying to beat the heat in their own way. Air conditioners, cold, uh, cold drinks, you know, all of those, um, DW is standing in front of the giant air conditioner as mom is on her headset doing tax work on the computer. This is like mom's like a like a like a burgeoning podcaster here. <laughs> it's funny. I I was I wrote down the note. I I love we get to see Arthur's mom at her job. We always see so much of Arthur's dad with his catering business, uh, but we've only kind of heard murmurs of Arthur's mom doing people's taxes. Like she's trying to kick people off the computer because she needs to do work and stuff like that. But uh, Arthur's mom was killing me. She's, I think on the phone with Mr. Crosswire because she calls him Mr. Crosswire by name and like her advice about how he tries to put like his dental floss as a business expense. Um, (laughs) And there's some other, other weird kind of typical Mr. Crosswire. I'm sure he's got some secret like bank accounts at the Cayman Islands or he was at least you know, listed in the Panama Papers or something like that, uh, <laughs> trying to pay as little taxes as possible. Um, DW notes that uh, she's kind of confused that Arthur was able to find ice, as she says things have a way of disappearing in that freezer. I always like the little shout-outs to the the whole snowball controversy. Yeah. Um, Arthur g- kind of gives her her lemonade to hold as he's helping Dad bring in the big ham. Like right. I just had the Ar- note wait, of Dad bring. Bringing in the big Arthur, ham. Arthur remarks it's the biggest ham he's ever seen. It's the biggest ham I've ever seen, dude. This thing is massive. <laughs> You've never this seen a ham This thing is like big? as big as me. No, no. I don't, I, I don't know if the ham is... is what are you, like 5'9"? You're like 6'2", aren't you? <laughs> that's... That's a... Wow. That's... that. I, I, I'm a happy medium. Like I'm like 5'11", but uh, that's quite the swing between 5'9 and 6'2". I don't know. Well, I was thinking because my roommate is, I think, 5'9", five, 5'11". Five, He's around there. And I was like, Will's a lot taller than my roommate. So I don't know what you were. But uh, it's all taller to me. I'm quite short. So uh, all I'm saying is uh, a 5'11 a ham would be something to gawk at. I would like to see this, the pig uh, that that came from. It looks like a large dog. It looks like the size of a large dog, <laughs> which which is considerable, you know? Uh, so dad's bringing in the big ham, mom's doing the tax work, and then all of a sudden, they, and they have to put the ham in the freezer because it's for a, an event that dad's catering the next day. But then all of a sudden, the power completely goes out, conks out, and it conks out citywide, and we enter the blackout, the aforementioned titular uh, blackout. Uh, we get, um, throughout the episode, we get Dr. Jake um, kind of <laughs> predicting that, you know, everything's going to be fine. The power will be, will be back soon and all of his predictions are wrong. So we're to understand dad references Dr. Jake's predictions during the blizzard, Lucas Mancini, mm-hmm. uh, gold star episode, the blizzard. Um, so this is apparently the same radio host as before. So it's kind of that, like the brown dog with the mustache and the hippie glasses. Right. And he's in like, he's in the binky episode as, as well. Binky, the band, not the character. That's right. Um, he he's kind of the go-to radio stand-in, um, kind of similar to he's just like a typical Ronnie radio. Um, kind of reminds <laughs> me of uh, uh, Samuel Jackson's character from Do the Right Thing or something like that. Sure. Um, yeah. And yeah. So, which disqualifies it, by the way, from being throwaway character of the week because I do love the running joke of his predictions are always incorrect, and whatever Doctor Jake is going to say is not what's going to happen on the radio. Yet everybody listens every anyway. It's a it's a really funny joke. Uh, 
um, especially for me and you, Will, having come from working in radio, uh, and how he's just like a typical like, wake up, it's Dr. Jake in the morning, it's the the zoo (laughs) crew, blah, blah. but, uh, uh, yeah, he's still I'll, – I'll, you'll have to wait to figure out who was the actual throwaway character of the week this week. It's been a long time since I've heard the phrase Ronnie Radio, but that's absolutely how that applies. Um, so they have to make do with what they have in terms of food, uh, which means supper is cold leftover pasta, applesauce, and pretzels, which is like that's, – that's, that's a depression meal for me. That's like something I, that I, I do say, when I'm like – my, my, my question was going to be, Will, would you have the cold pasta, applesauce, and pretzels? Would you would you eat it? I ha- like I basically <laughs> have had it before, so of course I, I would. I know. I'm re- Sometimes you get desperate, man. We're recording you don't have time this. to get to the grocery store. You, you, know, you don't have the, the will to cook. You just scare up whatever you have and pray that it holds. Uh, we're, we're recording this before supper, and I was like, damn, those, those pretzels low-key look kind of good. <laughs> uh dw also has a line pretzels in tap water it's like we're in jail yeah what are they drinking normally i guess like kids (laughs) love to have their juice but i'm a big staunch tap water uh tap water drinker uh absolutely i I think like on the the peninsula here in halifax there's like remnants of lead in our tap water or something so i'm probably getting slowly lead poisoned but i think it makes it you know makes it kind of spicy you know it gives it a little (laughs) there's a little zest in the tap water because of that why is it spicy? <laughs> uh, that's why you got to get, got to get the Brita filter, son. Although one of my yeah. although one of my water jugs does not have a filter, so if you're if you're getting poisoned, then so am I. Yeah. So basically, they have this really unimpressive dinner. The, uh, they can't watch TV. DW will continue to make reference to a Mary Mukow special that she wants to watch the next day. Yeah. DW uh, seems gets... to not understand. She doesn't understand how electricity works because she keeps asking Arthur about like, well, can we turn a fan on? And Arthur has to keep informing her about like what does and does not run off of electricity. Right. Arthur gets a call on his bionic bunny walkie talkie from Buster, uh, as has happened before. And Buster is sitting in the glow of one of the foods in his case, which is radioactive, question mark? Yeah, I was going to ask, what do you think is going on here? Like, is it irradiated? Like, uh, Buster's case. Maybe maybe glow in the dark? I don't know. Scientists need to study what's going on in Buster's case. We've talked about this before, but Buster's case is uh, kind of done a huge favor by the fact that it's animated. Uh, if you actually like put yourself in Buster's shoes and picture what that case would actually be like in real life, like what would happen <laughs> if you put a donut in a sealed case for like multiple years and just watched it rot? Like that case would be so disgusting. The stench would be absolutely <laughs> so foul. Um, and so the fact that like this stuff is all so rotten and gross that it's it's literally glowing. Um, I don't even know what is supposed to be going on. I, I mean, I, I'm sure the joke is radioactive, but I don't know what foods give off a natural light. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing good um, for you. No, certainly not. Like, yeah, something industrially made, something not of not man made or something not natural. Um, the next morning, I love this. I love when Arthur woke up and it's the classic like you've been sweating all night bed pose. He's like on his stomach. His arms are in two different positions. His shirt is off. It's just like. I have done that so many times in the past month because we've had the humidity up so high here. Mm-hmm. Um, the Molinas, uh, the Reed's next door neighbors, invite them over for some food, including some barbecued arepas, 
which are cornmeal patties, as I looked them up. Although yeah, Arepas I, I, just sounds better. I looked the Arepas up as well, and I got to say, just by the images on Google Images, I was like, again, I am really hungry right now, but I was like, those, <laughs> those, those look so good. Um, that's that's definitely the type of thing. Any sort of fried dough, any sort of corn dough. I was like, man, that looks awesome. It does look good. Um, I also will note here that we hear a bit of Alberto and Visita. They sound like they got probably recast since the mm. first time that we saw them. They sound a little bit more chipper, I guess. I don't know. I was used to Alberto being a little bit uh, more sullen, maybe in his performance, mm. and he's very he's very up here. He maybe even sounded a little bit older in previous uh, performances. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I was just happy to see them. It's been so long. I, I I've been missing um, Visita and Alberto, so uh, it's nice that we they they're featured heavily in this episode. Yeah, and it's really the Mister Molina show. It's it's him taking the reins and talking about all of the stuff that they have in their house that doesn't rely on electricity, which is uh, kind of the sort of the point. If you, if you, you know, if we have a moral for this episode, it's closer to that. Um, so, and, and like he, he takes them down to the basement and shows them stuff like a hand crank radio, which made me realize I should probably get me a hand crank radio. I mean, there's, it's very, it's not very often that we get like events that will knock the power out. But uh, among those times, I really wish that I had, like a radio in the house, like a battery operated radio, or in this case, a hand crank one, which you can get a little bit of exercise as well. Yeah, is the blackout going to be the episode will that gets you to make a bug out bag? Like, you're get your oh hand no, crank radio? Uh, my, no, my wife has made a bug out bag. Uh, in oh. fact, she she gets after me because I need to put more non perishable food in the bug out bag. So she's she's well prepared. We just don't have a hand crank radio. Um, for whatever reason. So that's probably going to be my big addition to all of the work that my wife has done so far. There's a, there's a funny line at one point here where D, DW's they're trying to you know they're trying to find ways to pass the time and DW laments the fact that at least if it was during the blizzard there would be snow that they could play in. But it's but it's a heat wave. So it's it's it, and it's really like yeah, that's actually a great point is that you know, when we've had heat waves, and if you find yourself with the power off, it's just like, I don't want to do anything. I'm just bored and tired and overheated. It's true. You just want to lay in the street and fry like an egg. Oh, yeah. Somehow, somehow that would make it all better. Uh, <laughs> but they decide to uh, fill up a kiddie pool and cool off in there, which works for a little while. Buster pops by, and they kind of give a bit of a soak. But then uh, Pal gets mad at the at the kiddie pool. It's sh- it, the head of it is... Kind of shaped like a like a like a seahorse a little bit, and uh, Pal uh, pops the pops the pool. Uh, is it here so, where there's also a line where DW is kind of she's still scared of octopi? That's another callback uh, to the early yeah. seasons um, where she yeah she the, feels yeah. Arthur's foot and she thinks it might be an octopus. Which again, love them going back to the the, the Arthur Brand Bible and and continuing on with <laughs> the, all these old old uh, kind of season ones through three. Uh, references yeah it's great dude so after they break the pool uh mr molina has another idea of how they can kind of beat the heat and that's how when he was a kid uh back at home in ecuador he used to his him and his family used to have fiestas to kind of take their minds off the heat so they decide to have a fiesta the reeds and the molinas and buster and the extended family 
uh, just as Mr. Molina's family did. So they got they get everything together. They share what they have. It's a real. We, we've often we've often uh, really extolled the fact that Arthur, in some cases, is really all about the community spirit, and you feel it a lot here because it's not just these two families that are participating. It's like everybody on the block, it seems. And Dad brings in the big ham, and every and everybody seems to be having a really good time. Like Buster's mom is there, uh, Mrs. McGrady, uh, Grandpa Dave is there for some reason, which. He must have been in town, I guess. <laughs> He's, it, it, it's, you know, the global warming has uh, ruined his agricultural business and he's had to move into the city. Uh, the heat has dried up all his crops. And in the middle of the fiesta, the power returns, which everybody kind of laments a little bit. Even DW, who was excited about the Mary Mookow special, she would rather do the fiesta than watch TV. So then Mr. Molina simply turns the lights out and they continue on with the fiesta. And that's how the episode ends. They have decide to have a powerless fiesta, even though everything is restored. So nice, nice little, nice little button on that one. Now I mentioned earlier that, uh, I don't have that many, that much access to, uh, to, uh, a lot of the stuff that I would normally have. So this is where we normally put a commercial break, but I don't have a commercial. So let's just keep going. (laughs) <laughs> okay, let's do it. Off the cuff. Here, I'll take this opportunity to remind everybody, the Elwood City Limits anniversary live stream is, uh, if yeah. you're listening to this on Friday, it's tomorrow. Uh, it is at uh, 8 p.m. our time. Uh, what is that? 9 p.m. Eastern? Uh, 7 p.m. Eastern. 7 p.m. Eastern. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So, yeah, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we're going to be on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Elwood City Limits Pod. Uh, we're going to be watching some videos, maybe taking some requests, chatting with people in the chat. So, um, if you if you want to see what uh, we look like, we definitely have faces for radio. Uh, <laughs> come, on, come on down to the Elwood City Limits Pod uh, Twitch, and we'll have a fun time. I hope to see all our dear listeners there, or as many as... as they can make it out on a Saturday night. Uh, this will be my first ever Twitch stream. I'm very much looking forward to it. And uh, yet, yeah, please be nice to me, but also come by. So this will be, as Lucas said, 8 o'clock p.m. Atlantic, 7 p.m. Eastern, which I believe would make it uh, 4 o'clock Central. So whatever time zone it is, twitch.tv slash Pod. Also, I want to take the opportunity to say thank you to everybody who nominated us for the Coast Best of Halifax Awards. Yes. I believe the nomination period is over right now. Yep. So we are waiting to enter the voting period. Exactly. So that we are, we're halfway there. That was the nomination portion. Uh, soon, I think, because they said early September, they're going to announce the official nominees. And so if we make it to that round where, you know, thanks to all you people conceivably uh were nominated then we're gonna need you to mobilize again and get to, uh to your digital voting booths and vote for us to be the actual winner i think we could do it this year so uh fingers crossed i think we have a good chance and uh you know speaking critically there's not a lot of other local podcasts truly local podcasts that i think can stand up to us so mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. prove let's prove us right when <laughs> certainly we get no family friendly ones no definitely not <laughs> Maylin takes a stand is our second episode. This is like this is like classic ECL. This is like you know spe- speaking of you know our anniversary and stuff like that. This is, we're bringing it back when we didn't ha- when we didn't have commercial breaks. We didn't have anything to sell you, man. Yeah, we, just, exactly. we just we just we just we just went out there and told it like it is. We just talked about Arthur. Remember when they used to talk about Arthur? 
me, me and Will are getting back to our roots. We're only recording ECL from a cabin in the woods. You know, get away <laughs> from it all. Get back to, you know, our roots. What makes us tick. I'm actually speaking into a tin can the way that <laughs> podcasting was supposed to be. So Maylin takes a stand. It is, in fact, all about Binky's uh, little baby sister, Maylin, who is introduced by Kate and Pal on like a stage. And she this is like Maylin's TED talk here because she has a pie chart on the percentages of episodes in the show that have been about uh, different segments of people. So animals. Uh, she's specifically talking about babies, but she's like children animals there's even a percentage of episodes that are apparently about llamas yeah so i i was i mean i'm gonna ask the question anyway but i have a gut feeling that this is not correct like these numbers are not actually uh quantitative uh because if we look at the percentages here we see 40 percent of arthur episodes are about kids uh already i think that there's an issue there because i think it's actually probably closer to uh, I want to say pff, like 90 something like yeah. 93% of Arthur episodes are about kids. And then we get 23 of Arthur episodes are about grownups. And I don't think there is a single Arthur episode where the central a plot is a grownup story. Um, there's, there's definitely um, Arthur episodes where there's, there's B plots that are about grownups. For instance, in the blizzard, um, we have a whole B plot about, uh, Mr. Haney and Mr. Rapper and, and the Janet and the custodian, um, in the, uh, in the school, but I don't know if there's any Arthur episodes where the main character of the episode is an adult. Well, there is um, actually attached to that one, the rat who came to dinner. That's about Mr. Ratburn uh, living with the Reed family. So True. If it, it, it all, de- it all depends on your definition of the word about, you know, hmm. it's like, we, we don't know exactly what they mean when it's like, well, who, yeah, what does it mean about? Like, mm-hmm. is, does it mean they have a story in the episode or does the story have to be exactly about them? Like, even the, like, I think it was, like, 18% of episodes have been about pets. Even that seemed a little high. But you're right. It's true. Uh, the percentages, I'm not, and I don't think, that, and to my knowledge, there haven't been any that have been strictly about llamas. So I think it's I, all. That's just, what I was going to say. That's where it really falls apart is 3% about, about llamas. Um, if we're talking about hundreds of episodes here, that means there would be, like, more, that'd be, like, an episode and a half about llamas. And I just don't think that that's happened. No, I don't think so. But uh, all, all, all in good fun. We also see here that you know when Maylin starts to talk, she's just babbling, and Kate says, "Oh, forgot to turn on the baby translator," and she gets like a universal remote. So apparently, every time we've been able to understand Kate and Maylin, it's because the show has a built-in baby translator. Mm, I need that technology for uh, Twitter sometimes, because some <laughs> of y'all, some of y'all on there be babies. Not, not the whole city limits listeners, but uh, some people. No. Uh, so yeah, Mei Ling's kind of giving her her TED talk. It's it's like Mei Wing is is kind of schooling us on on baby. She's baby woke because uh, she's kind of lamenting that there's not enough Arthur episodes about babies. Um, and then when when Kate kind of Kate kind of challenges her on it, uh, I, she does say something like "You're one of them" or "You're thinking like one of them," uh, which yeah. is to say non babies. <laughs> baby woke <laughs> that that's that sounds like an insult waiting to happen i'm surprised it isn't already um the actual episode is does concern kate pal and maylin maylin is uh over at kate's as binky and arthur are hanging out and binky's concerned that maylin won't be able to walk because she can't even stand up on her own and we actually get a little bit of development here kate is walking now granted yes. she's holding on to the side of a table but kate's standing up on her own two feet and she's walking 
This is huge. This is this is big. Not since Buster uh, growing out of Bionic Bunny uh, or the um, DW kind of teasing that she's growing out of Nadine have we seen such big character development on Arthur as Kate's walking now. I wonder if they'll keep up with this. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Uh, especially because we're before the uh, hour-long fourth grade special, so we'll have to keep uh, extra eye on Kate as she will probably have visibly aged by the time we see her next. And then it turns out that Pal has got a little something on his back that's itching him. And what do you know? I never thought we'd see this guy again. It's Pepe the Flea and his brother, Saleh. The the most racist character that's ever (laughs) appeared on Arthur... Kind of. Much to my chagrin, Pepe the Flea. You know, Will, as a proud Italian Canadian, I've had about it. I've had it up to here with Pepe the Flea, to be perfectly honest with you. Yes. If you want to hear (laughs) Lucas's gut reactions to Pepe the Flea, you'd have to go back to his first episode. I, if I remember correctly, I don't think either of us were particularly high on him. And, uh, I'm also, you know, in, in recognition of your, uh, Italian Canadian status. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I'll keep my, I'll keep my, I'll keep my Pepe impressions to a minimum. But it is, it's as bad, it's as bad as it's ever been. If if you don't like that kind of very o- over the top Italian accent, yeah, you know. Uh, I did like Pal saying I should have recognized that itch when uh, Pepe uh, introduces himself and his brother Sally, who d- doesn't talk, he just kind of communicates with a horn, like a little, <laughs> like a. <laughs> Bike horn. Yeah, I mean, listen, well, all Italian brothers do that. <laughs> oh, but you had a you have a sister, so uh, exactly, exactly. She no, she speaks, but but you know, my cousin Vincenzo, he's you know, he's got his cousin Giuseppe, and he's always talking with a horn. <laughs> that could be true or, or not. Giuseppe. I really don't know. I almost don't want to know. The horn thing is definitely not true, Will. But I do no, have a cousin. I, I do have a cousin Vincenzo. Okay, no, I was talking about your cousins Vincenzo and Giuseppe. Yes, that's what people are. That's oh, what you people's do? Okay, names okay. are like in Italy. <laughs> I thought you just plucked those out of the either. No, I don't think Italians communicate with horrors. Listen, I'm not. I'm not this episode. I don't think that lowly of the Italian Mama people. Mia. Please, Menaja. Oh, God. All right. Um, So Pepe, unfortunately, narrates a story uh, that is kind of, I guess guess it's meant to, because Maylin doesn't really want to get started walking. She doesn't really see the point. And uh, she's also very intent on squishing Pepe and Sale. So Pepe kind of spins her a yarn about a, the kingdom of... Uh, the kingdom of hands and knees where everyone crawls and everybody thinks walking is ridiculous. So it's the story where Mei Lin is the princess Lemony and Nemo, the cat, is her servant Mino. Uh, And we also see Pal is uh, the princess's jester Lap and he's kind of dressed in the typical jester outfit. Yeah, he's just relaxing. Lemony looks very comfortable here in what she's wearing. This is premium oh. loungewear. <laughs> it's true. Um, and also we got this this giant uh, kind of like big pillows that she's lounging on as well. Yeah, it's definitely oh. a vibe. Oh, man. I would love some body-sized pillows. Um, 
so Lap is entertains her by like walking on his hind legs, and apparently, again, in the kingdom of hands and knees, everybody thinks that's the funniest thing ever. But the jealous uh, Mino turns Lap into stone, so Lemony has to set out on a quest across the desert to find a cure. And speaking of accents, uh, along the way, Lemony meets a camel who is uh, like New York Jewish. And he's also the throwaway character of the week. I love this camel. Uh, what's he? I, I think uh, Lebedee is asking about, you know, anybody that could, like, cure uh, Pal, essentially. Uh, and he go. the camel goes, like a doctor? I could take you to mine. Like, that's great stuff from this camel. It reminded me of in um, Last Temptation of Christ, the Martin Scorsese <laughs> movie, about yes. how um, Harvey Keitel talks like a guy from Brooklyn, even though he's playing <laughs> Judas. And I was like, that's this right. is great. I unironically think that's great. I think that that makes it a better movie. I think it makes it a better adaptation of the Christ story. Uh, I think it's just all around good stuff. We need more people in the middle of the desert talking like they're from New York. New York. Uh, the, Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ and his uh, 13th disciple, Giuseppe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the Jewish camel, I did think that voice was funny. It was just, all right, that's a choice. Thankfully, it could have been a lot more uh, yikes in terms of an accent to pick. So we're, we're okay there. The camel takes her to meet the doctor, Baba Kate, which is kind of baby Kate smashed together and Baba Kate tells her that she needs tells Lemony that she needs to find a fruit to un to unpetrify lap it's really hard keeping track of all of these names when we're not going to be talking about them ever again um uh, Lemony sets out across the sea we get a little Arthur cameo here he's like a giant Poseidon-esque monster he's kind of got like fins on the side of his face he's got like a uh, a trident mm, a merman if you will yeah although we don't really see the do we see the bottom of him does he have a tail uh i don't know i don't know i'm, I'm trying to scrub through the episode right now I, daily motion I'll be honest, something to be desired i'll be honest wasn't paying the closest attention to this one <laughs> um as lucas finds that out essentially lemony eventually finds the fruit to undo the evil spell uh, we get a little moment where Pepe accidentally prematurely ends the story uh, while she's like in terrible danger. And then it's just like, no, it's uh, okay. Well, no, careful. Will. don't do the voice. Don't do the voice. Uh, you can do it. Listen, I'll give you one. Will. we need, if right. people haven't listened to the previous Pepe episode, they need to know what he sounds like. Uh, All I'll, right. Fair. I'll give you this one. All right, so, you know, Pepe's just like, all right, I forgot. <laughs> then the bird took her back to the palace, and she gave him the fruit. Like, it's not that bad, but, it, it like, that's it's somehow worse. It's pretty much worse. that bad. It's, it's pretty much that still. Like, yeah, like, they would have had a couple of takes on it. Like, uh, so that's just my one take uh, Pepe impression. So in order to feed Lap the fruit, uh, Lemony has to get up on her uh, on her feet and uh, walk over to him, which were apparently made very strong from all the crawling across the desert and the sailing that she had to do. Uh, so, yeah, that's the bulk of the episode is that story. Um, 
and they kind of part ways with Pepe. Pepe kind of disappears, actually, so it doesn't really even say goodbye. Yeah. He's just kind of he, out he of pulls there. He pulls a Batman and Commissioner Gordon where they look away, and then they look back, and Pepe's gone. So that's a what that feels like. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. You've I lost pro- your privileges. I promise. I promise. All right. We're done. We're done. <laughs> um, the final Basta, button on Basta. this. <laughs> The final button on this episode is uh, Binky takes Maylin home, and Maylin is being put to bed. Binky seems very much like a good older brother here. It really warmed my heart to see him being so gentle with her. Uh, he tells her a story with his Uncle Slam action figure, the wrestler Uncle Slam, and then he forgets the figure in his bed, and he turns around and sees that Maylin is standing up in her crib and kind of gives like a... It's like, oh, you know, adults, they're always so pleased over the littlest things. So she's not quite walking yet, but she is standing. She's she's on her way. And that's uh, that's the end. of That's the end of that one. So let's uh, let's rewind it back here. So we went from the blizzard, in a sense, to its spiritual sequel, The Blackout. Lucas, after so much time away from Arthur and just with with this episode itself. What did you think of this one? So the blackout's interesting because my main worry was that it was going to be too close to the blizzard, which is kind of a weird thing to worry about because that is one of my all-time favorite Arthur episodes. But, you know, I'd rather things be original than too same old, same old. And I think that, you know, though it has similarities, you know, weather causing people to come together and kind of um, celebrate each other's company in spite of the weather, it definitely does it in a very different way. And I will say that this episode is kind of benefited uh, and is unique kind of because of how light it is. There's not a lot to sink your teeth into in this episode. Um, there's not really, like, a hefty moral uh, or a lot of, like, things to wrestle with. It really is just, it's super hot outside. These people learn about the culture of Ecuador, and then they kind of have a good time, and that's it. But I think the episode's actually better for that because it's it's a really vibey episode. It's an episode where, much like the characters in it on their hot day, you just kind of relax, chill out, and let wash over you. Um, And so maybe it's because we've been so Arthur-starved lately, uh, but even though there wasn't that much there, I enjoyed it, and I thought it was just kind of fun to spend some time with the the Arthur family as well as um, their their neighbors who we don't see nearly enough about. Um, So, yeah, uh, that was my take on it. What did you think, Will? This certainly, uh, the stakes seemed a bit lower than they did in the Blizzard episode, but... I also enjoyed this one, and I think you made, made I think the term there that you introduced is light. This is very nice and light. Um, it, it, it also just kind of feels like, it feels like something that we have gone through recently. And like I said when we were talking about the episode proper, it's it feels like like a community episode and that's i love those episodes of arthur i love the ones where the community comes together and although it is a smaller portion of the community it's mainly just two families and uh and kind of everyone involved that way and maybe like buster and his mom but um there's something really nice about everybody coming together to just kind of have fun and celebrate and try to get their minds off a bad situation like i feel like that's what we're what we're all trying to do these days you know uh, as much as we can. And it is nice to see like big public gatherings without people having masks mm. on as much mm. as, you know, we do need those. We do need those mask mandates and those vaccine mandates and everything. But it is just kind of nice to see everybody 
in being able, the days when you could beat the heat by getting together in somebody's backyard and just uh, trying to stay cool. And uh, with the with the solidarity and the fact that, uh, you know, we're everybody's really overheated. Let's just let's just relax and try and cool off. There, so there, there's one, it's, before we before we move on to May League takes a stand. There's just one more thought I had about the blackout. Uh, yeah, which is which is that, um, uh, and this is kind of a little tidbit, but I really like how a lot of times when we think about countries like Ecuador, or we think about countries like, for instance, you know, something like uh, Bolivia or Venezuela or South American countries that, um, you know, their GDP isn't what it is in in Canada or United States. These are quote unquote countries that are uh, many metrics poorer. Uh, on a on a bigger scale, a lot of times people I think uh, t- tend to look at these countries with pity, right? Oh, you know these people that live in these poor countries, you know they don't have the things that we have. Um, and I think this is a good example of yes, is the uh, public infrastructure in Ecuador where uh, Visita's family is from uh, worse to the extent that there's blackouts all the time? Yes. But does that mean that they should be pitied and they don't have dignity? Absolutely not. And we see that how in the face of something like that, you know, consistent blackouts, that community doesn't see it as this like negative, oh, woe is us, you know, we have this poor public infrastructure. It's it's they're still living their lives with dignity and, and you know, they're happy in, in a way that's different than what the, the Reed family is used to um, in, in the face of kind of these things. So I think that, you know, this might be me extrapolating a lot from a little, um, but I, I think that uh, I liked that uh, portrayal of these, you know, these folks from this South American nation. I, Ecuador is in South America, right? I don't want to say all that and then be completely misguided. Um uh, but uh, but yeah, that, that's just one more detail I wanted to add on before we move on to mailing takes a stand. Those are the kinds of takes that I missed from you, Lucas. So I think that that's a perfect way to segue into uh, into into this. Um, yeah, I almost don't know what to say here. It's just like I, it's look, look, it's not bad. It's not bad, but it's also just like, OK. So we have the we have the Kate and Pal episodes, which can be fine, but generally I haven't been super up on them. And now we have Mei Lin, and this episode is mainly about Mei Lin, but it's not even about Mei Lin. It's about a character in a story told by a flea that Mei Lin is just playing. <laughs> a racist Italian uh... flea. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like, I don't know. It... It's not that Arthur episodes need to have consequence, but it's just like it's when when the middle when the entire middle chunk of the episode is just like here's this story about somebody learning that it's good to stand so we can make sure that Maylin does that. It's like okay, like we need we needed that to get to that. I don't know. It's it didn't really work for me. Like, hey, I will say that, you know, whenever they get the chance to do, like, a fantastic setting, they usually let the artists go a little bit wild in terms of the, you know, the the vistas and the settings and the costumes and all that kind of stuff. So that was neat. Uh, I like seeing Binky as an older brother. I'm I'm totally fine with more Mei Lin. Just this one did not really do anything for me at all. Yeah, I totally agree with you. 
Um, Mei Lin takes a stand is really weird um, for a couple of reasons. Uh, but mainly, I think when we both saw the name of this episode, we were both looking forward to seeing more stories with Mei Lin. I think her b- dynamic with Binky is really interesting. It's a really interesting place for the Binky character to go, and there's there's a lot of things that you can do, a lot of stories you can tell with the Mei Lin character. So this was really surprising that this is what they chose to do. Um, and then once I realized it was going to be this whole kind of like fantasy episode, first of all, I had to look up whether or not this was actually based on some sort of real kind of like the epic of Gilgamesh or the Odyssey or it was this based on uh, Arabia 40 days and 40 nights or something like that and I looked it up and it's totally original and so I think that's interesting because okay. it kind of succeeds in in feeling like one of those stories or feeling like it is based on one of those stories without actually being but right. um, I think that uh, and so I agree also that I like the more fantastical Arthur episodes they definitely stand in, in your head a little bit better except that because Pepe is telling this whole one, it just becomes annoying. Like, it doesn't feel like it's an episode about Mei Lin at all. You could put Kate in this exact same episode, and nothing would really change about it besides the ending with moment with Binky, right? Like, if this whole episode yeah. was about Kate, what would be different? It would just be Pepe telling a story about Kate. In fact, the fact that, like, Pal is Mei Lin's um, assistant makes it feel even more like the episode was supposed to be about Kate or something like Pal. Right. Because very Mei Lin and Pal don't Mei-Lin. really have a, they don't really have a, a like an established relationship. Yeah. It should have been Binky that she was turned to stone or something like that yeah. something in, in Mei Lin's life. So it really does feel like a, a Kate, just a typical fanciful uh, Kate and Pal imagination episode where they kind of copy pasted Malin into it, um, and mm. and so we don't really learn anything about Malin's characterization. So I think that's what makes the episode feel disappointing. I think that if I was a little kid, I'd probably like just like how fanciful and 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 kind of out there um, the episode sure. is. But watching it, you know, I I think I'm disappointed that we don't know more about Malin, and I think that it's time to retire Pepe. I think he might be my new least favorite Arthur character. I mean, it's fun to talk about him because I, I remember earlier this year, uh, for better or for worse, there's been a lot of Italian memes lately uh, for various <laughs> reasons. Uh, uh, yeah. Some of them good, some of them really bad. Uh, but uh, I've just been happy, even for the bad reasons, I've been happy people are talking about Italian stuff lately. I get a kick out of it. Uh, so I, I partly got to get a kick out of Pepe, but he makes the episode worse because his voice is so annoying. Um, and I think this episode would kind of stand on its own better if he wasn't narrating it. And I also think that I'm just excited for more stories about Mei Lin that are actually about Mei Lin instead of whatever kind of this is. Well, there it is. ECL is back on the books as we uh, get back into the school year, as we get back into the remainder of 2021. We have so much to look forward to, and we want to thank you for hanging in there with us. We hope that you enjoyed all of the cool extra programming that we had over the past month, the mailback episode, the commentary, the Jason Schwimmer episode, uh, and everything in between, the uh, the Elwood City Downtown Core interview. Uh, I hope you enjoyed all of it, and I hope you'll stick around with us. So, of course, let me let you in on what's going to be coming up in the next little bit. Of course, one more time, we'll mention that Saturday, September 4th, which if you're listening on Friday, that's tomorrow. Or if you're listening on Saturday, it's today. Uh, go to twitch.tv slash Elwood City Limits Pod, 8 o'clock Atlantic, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Central. I think... Mm. 
Is it Central or Pacific? I don't know. Ah, <laughs> God, I no, wish yeah, I figured that's, it that's out. Four, anyway. It's 4 o'clock Pacific. I don't know what it is. Central four time, mountain Pacific. time. You guys can figure it out. <laughs> yeah. 7 o'clock Eastern, I would say, is your one to stick to if you are looking to synchronize with us. Come on by Saturday evening. Uh, watch some stuff with us. Say hello in the chat. Give some requests. And, uh, yeah, we hope that you have a great time. And uh, if, if, if everything goes well, maybe we'll do more of these. We'll have to wait and see. So tomorrow night... Tomorrow night, Saturday night, bit of a test run. Uh, we will see how it goes. And, well, actually, now that I think about it, uh, this is de- this was definitely my old notes. Um, in case you aren't able to join us for the Twitch stream, I uh, just want to take a moment and say thank you. It's We have passed the five-year mark at this point. It was back a couple of weeks ago in mid-August. But now that we're here and we're together, it's been five years. We started this in August 2016. Elwood City Limits, and we will get in, I think we'll get into this a bit more on the Twitch stream, but for anybody not able to join us, I just want to say, from the bottom of our heart, if you have been a Patreon supporter, if you have just been listening to us since the beginning on the free feed, uh, if you've sent an email, if you've sent constructive criticism, if you've sent a social media message, if you've passed the podcast along to your friends, to your family, uh, and everything in between, thank you. The podcast wouldn't be anywhere without your support. And you are a very large part of what keeps it going. So again, thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, I echo what Will says. Thank you so much. Um, it's It's been a, a wild ride. I can't believe we're a half a decade into ECL. Uh, and yeah, to all the listeners, uh, thank you so much for uh, allowing us to do the show because we wouldn't really do it if there wasn't anybody listening to it. So uh, from the bottom of my heart, uh, and I'll, I'll see you guys all tomorrow if you tune in to the Twitch stream. See that you do. Now, of course, a special thank you to our patrons. Uh, we are going to be finishing up the Bookworm Bunch series uh, next week with For the Kids, a PBS Kids podcast, and it ends on George Shrinks, which we are very excited to talk about. Also, you patrons, well, keep an eye on the next few weeks because I think you're going to be getting something um, that a lot of people are looking forward to. So we will, if you're a patron, listen to the end of the George Shrinks episode and we'll tell you more about what you can expect. And for ECL listeners... Keep it here. The next time we're going to be talking about Home Sweet Home and Do You Believe in Magic, we only have a couple of episodes left. And then the whole, like, season 12 is going to be over. We're going to have to be looking at a brand new season. So, uh, yeah, we're getting ready to wrap up season 12. There's so much to celebrate and to be thankful for. So believe me that we are. And thank you for sticking with us. It's good to be back on schedule. And, Lucas, it's good to be uh, speaking with you on the regular once again. It was It was nice to have those kind of... Uh, a week or two breaks, but uh, uh, I did miss hearing from you. <laughs> well, you'll be sick of me again soon enough. No, I'm joking. It's been nice talking to you too, Will. <laughs> All right. So for Elwood City Limits, my name's Will Young. And for Lucas Mancini, this is the biggest ham I've ever seen. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>